Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to this edition of Peak to Pit. I'm Allie Peak alongside TJ Pittinger, and we are knee-deep in the college football season. My Gators, again, do not have a game coming up this week. But TJ, you are probably doing some celebrating from last weekend. Things have been really going well for me in the sports world, and I think that we – I think I was willing to trade the entire college football season – to uh, every for everything else to go well with you know the Lakers and Lightning and the Rays going to the World Series and everything else that's going on, but yeah, Florida State came out and um, I feel it, it's weird to say shock the world. I was you, literally you, about to say shock like, the world, but like it is. It's I mean they were a two nobody touchdown thought dog. They were going to win. Nobody was picking FSU. I didn't pick FSU. I liked them to cover the spread, but that was really more just being a fan. Um, yeah, nobody thought FSU was going to win this game. I, you know, athletes that compete at this level, that you know, Division One, Power Five level, they always believe. You know, everybody's thinking, but I don't even know if Florida State thought they were going to win this game, but uh, but they did. Clearly, Florida you know, they, State thought they, they were going to win this game, but Florida State was probably <laughs> the only people that thought they were going to win this game. They and we've talked about this. They have shown improvement every week since the 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 Miami loss, right? We didn't really know how much of that improvement was real. So, wait, but is that two weeks? So they showed improvement two weeks in a row? Three games, three games three, now. Three weeks. But, okay. Yeah. So I think what we were, what we were concerned about or what we were questioning was the improvement that we thought, and I'm doing air quotes, you can't see me, but the improvement that we thought we saw after the um, Jacksonville state game, we didn't really know how to measure that because right. they played because a it was really, really good. Yeah, they played a really, really good Miami team, got their head beat in, and they played a Jacksonville State team that was terrible. Um, but then we looked at the Notre Dame game, and they covered the spread against Notre Dame, did a few things well, had a lead at the end of the first quarter against Notre Dame, um, only lost by two scores, um, and then come out this week against a to- another top-five opponent, played back-to-back top-five top opponents, and um, looked respectable in the first one. I'm not much for moral victories, but again, seeing improvement is good. And then really came out and, you know, absolutely the hammer on North Carolina in the first half held on in the second half to, to come away with the win. I don't think they were the better team for 30 minutes of that game, um, but they were the better team for 60 minutes. And so that that's really all that matters. Um, did Wait, you explain that, that statement? I don't think that I think for 30 minutes of the game, North Carolina was better. So you were Florida State was better the right thirty minutes then instead of been being better for sixty minutes they were better the right thirty minutes. Yeah, so maybe it'd be better to say they were better at the end of sixty minutes. Like Florida Correct. State's good Correct. half, Florida State's beginning. good half. Well, yeah, but Florida State's good half was better than North Carolina's good half. Correct. And Correct. so when you look at the entire game, Florida State was the better team. Sure. Um, sure. And did just enough to hold on the second half, really without a couple of pretty dumb, not even like mistakes, like playing mistakes, like ability mistakes, but really just some dumb, dumb mental mistakes. Right. Um, Florida State would have won this game more comfortably. We had a, 
first or we had a second and goal that ended up turning into like a second or third and 22 due to a 15 yard penalty after the play type um, situation. We had another one that we, we stopped North Carolina and it would have been third and 10 third and goal on their own 10, which we'd been really, really good in that situation. But we had a targeting penalty that came through and gave them some points, a couple of missed field goals by Florida state. Um, really a couple of, you know, a couple of plays from, from it not ever being close there at the end. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I don't know if you saw the end. I know the, the Georgia Bama game was kind of a laugher at this point, but I don't know if you saw the end, but when North Carolina was driving down the field down by three, with about a minute to go, I think everybody in the in the world thought that North Carolina was going to go score. There. Yes, yes. Um, I, I don't think anybody, everyone on Twitter, everyone on on social media was like, "Oh my gosh, here we go again." The announcers were very much thinking that North Carolina had a great, great chance to do this. The one thing that was kind of our saving grace was that we were personally, as somebody who's been burned in the kicking game so many times at Florida State. I like being up by three there more than being up by four. Uh, as crazy as that sounds, I want a team to if, – if you're up by four, North Carolina is going to be more aggressive because they don't – they know they don't have that field goal in their back pocket. And so as crazy as that sounds and somebody that is burned all the time in the kicking game, I, I would rather just <laughs> give me the tie at that point. Well, I mean give me the overtime at that point. Um, but I think it played well for Florida State because North Carolina wasn't as aggressive. Uh, on the last series, North Carolina ran the ball. Or I'm sorry, on the, on the very last four downs, North Carolina ran the ball on first down. And the clock just kept moving, kept moving. We got Yeah, which was on such third. a bizarre um, move, right? Yeah, and I think that it's because they knew, hey, at the very worst, we'll, we'll attempt a field goal and just try and tie it. We don't right. have to. But if you have to score yeah, seven like, there, if you're playing you're not a running tie, that's a just that's I don't know. I have a problem. I don't with think that. they were playing. I mean, I think I think on the road with the better quarterback and the better team and a, a potentially injured Jordan Travis, I think that playing to tie is wrong. But you're definitely the confident team going into overtime at that point. Like if you're the one that drives down to the last second. So I don't necessarily know that they were playing to tie. I think it was more so they were a little more conservative than they would have been, you know, down four or five. Right. Um, but, um, you know, a great win. I mean, I, I thought this after the Jacksonville State game, and I was just hoping that it was true. Um, you know, I think Florida State definitely found a quarterback, right? Like, I think that Jordan Travis is a great stopgap quarterback. Now, I don't think he's a great quarterback, but I think he's great for what we need this year. Oh, he's great um, for what FSU's had for a while. So, I mean, just – take it for what it is. Absolutely. And so um, very encouraged by his play, you know, obviously there's some concerns around his shoulder, um, but talk about somebody that just kind of kept getting in there. And I mean, you could see his shoulder like slumping down and then he takes off on a big third and six run and gets like 15 yards and falls on the shoulder again. And um, you know, it's, it's like you, you like the effort, you like the intensity. And then you also just wish that, he was a little more experienced and knew how to get down and not take hits like that anymore. Like, you, you know, you don't see guys that have. Yeah, but that's something that comes with time. So, you know. Yeah. And so, but Florida State needs him to stay healthy. I sure. mean, at the end of the day, like he. Uh, we is saw what the difference makes it makes. Yes. Yes. Um, so Florida State's two and three. Um, and really, I, outside of the Georgia Tech game, which is awful, right? Still an inexcusable loss. Right. Outside of the Georgia Tech game, the season has gone like I expected it to. Okay. Um, the I said three and two at this point. I thought the Miami game and the Notre Dame game were losses. Yeah. Um, I think that they were, you know, the Miami game played again. They probably still win, uh, but it's closer. I think that it it looks more respectable, especially I if mean, Travis. It's harder to be further. It's harder for it to be further. Um, especially if Travis is the starter from day one, has the reps, has the practice time, is fully healthy, all of those things. Yeah. But I mean, I still think the record, I mean, at, you know, 
what was such a doom and gloom and like, oh my God, we're never, we're going to win one game this year. We're going to be Jacksonville Honestly, State. Honestly, there were, t- there were, else. there were definitely moments where I was like, whew, I don't know we're who, where they get another, another game. Yeah. Yeah. And it feels very different us- after watching what we watched, but I don't know. I th- 2020 is such a freaking weird year. I feel like I can glean nothing from watching college football this year. I mean, I can glean that Clemson and Alabama are the best teams in the country, and that's about it. But I probably knew that before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, we didn't need this season to happen to know those two things. But, um, yeah, I, I think that, like I said, we had them at three and two. It looked like maybe we don't win but one game. Maybe we pick up another one somewhere. We get to two. But now if you look at it, I mean, Florida State's a game behind schedule. Right. Well, they, you know, and we talked about them maybe winning a game that they shouldn't, but like you can't, I don't feel like you can count North Carolina as a winning you game you shouldn't, because in my mind, when you win a game you shouldn't, you're basically dominated the whole game. It's a team that's way better than you, and something ha- fluky happens and you pull it out in the end. Like Florida State dominated this game. So I don't, I mean, I don't know. I was impressed, but I don't even think we get to count this as one of those games that we talked about previously. Yeah, I mean, in hindsight, no. I mean, still looking ahead. I mean, if you look at the at the five games that Florida State has played, they've been a favorite in two and they've been an underdog in three. So their record should be two. Be and what two, it is. Right? Um, and that's well, where actually they're it at. should be worse than it is. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, they've found a way to battle back and now they go on the road against a Louisville team that they should absolutely beat. They're a five-point dog meaning on a neutral field, that'd be like a point and a half to two point spread, essentially a coin flip. They're playing a one and four Louisville team that Willie Taggart beat twice. Um, and that is not, is, is I think better than their record, but still not very good. When you're one and four, you're one and four. I expected right? Louisville only, to be better this year than they appear to be. Absolutely. Louisville's only win is against Western Kentucky. They've lost every ACC game that they've played. Um, and I, Florida State just cannot come out and lay an absolute turd and lose this game. Now, if they come out and it's a high-scoring game and Louisville just gets the better of us and it's close, again, I'm not much for moral victories, but, I mean, what they just can't come out and noon sleepwalk through this. I don't think that they're way, way better than Louisville. I don't think that Louisville's way, way better than us. And so the rest of Florida State's games, in my view, are, are coin flips minus Clemson. Like – Every game that Florida State plays the rest of the way is, yeah, whichever team plays better is going to win. Like no game is a sure win and no game is a sure loss. But you look at Florida's schedule and they're going to beat Vandy. They're going to beat Kentucky. They're go So like, but there are games that you're not sure about. Uh, LSU could get weird. Uh, Georgia could get weird. You know, but like Florida State, every game is a coin flip minus the Clemson game. And so if they come out and play at all like they did against UNC or North or Notre Dame, they'll probably win. If they look like they did against Georgia Tech or Miami, they'll get boat raced. I mean, so like it's it's pretty straightforward like what the recipe is for the rest of the year. Keep well, Travis the healthy. The thing is that Florida State uh, I mean, they have more talent than almost everybody else that they play. I mean, they have they don't have the talent that Clemson has cuz nobody does except for, you know, Alabama, potentially Georgia, but on paper I mean, Florida State should like what they've got in the locker room against all of these teams. Yeah, absolutely. And I've said this, we've said this for a long time. And I said it on another pod this week, I think on Sunday, Florida State, we've always said that Florida State has more talent than everybody they play, right? We've said that for five years, minus Clemson, you know, minus, uh, you know, Florida the last two years, minus maybe Miami, minus Notre Dame. Yeah, there's a few exceptions, but for the most part, they either have equal games, to or better than, I would say, absolutely. by and large. Absolutely. And so, and if you look back four or five years ago, they had more talent than everybody on their roster, right? Like, so the, the years that, that Jimbo was, had things rolling and all of that. Um, and they, so they've always had more talent than, again, mostly everybody with a few exceptions. But now so like they that's look what makes like, it easier to sign, fire your coach in a year and a half because you know what you've got in the locker room. Because you know, so here's the thing: they've always had more talent. Now it looks like they know what they're doing with that talent, right? Because right. you know when the Lakers put together Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, Carl Malone, and Gary Payton, you'd have looked at that and said like, "Oh, that team's winning the finals easy." Well, they lost because they didn't know what the heck they were doing. There were too many 
you know, when, when LeBron James and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh got together, they lost in the finals the first year. And then the second year, they kind of looked like they knew what they were doing together, right? Like they figured it out. And sometimes that takes a little, LeBron didn't win the title his first year in LA this last year. So like it just, sometimes it takes a little time. You know, the, the Florida State team in 2012, obviously this is a, a far cry from what we have now. The Florida State team in 2012 had more NFL talent on it than the 2013 team that won. But they couldn't figure out a way to win against NC State, and they couldn't figure out a way to win against Florida that year. And so in 2013, they put it together. Now, obviously, it's a much different end of the spectrum right now, but Florida State last year had no clue what they were doing. Beginning of the year, no clue what they were doing. And let's also point out the difference in the the team in 2012 and 2013 was a, a very good first-round quarterback in EJ Manuel and a Heisman quarterback winning quarterback in Jameis Winston uh, or Heisman Trophy winning quarterback in Jameis Winston. Same thing with this now, right? James Blackman who couldn't get things done and Jordan Travis who is more competent, right? Like, so you just have an upgrade at quarter at the most important position. It helps. So I don't know. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, Florida state, the schedule, the tough part of the schedule is over, right? So you're, you're done with Miami. You're done with Notre Dame. You're done with North Carolina. The rest of the schedule, I think sets up pretty well. I've been pretty down on Florida State, so I'm not like turning into the ultra homer. Again, every game is a coin flip, but you get a one and four Louisville team this week. Uh, I I do like Florida State um, to win that game. I mean, you know, I think it could go either way, but I like Florida State to win. Then I think the toughest game left on the schedule minus Clemson is Pittsburgh, and you get a bye week going into that. So Florida State gets two weeks to prepare for again their toughest game of the year minus what we all know is going to happen against Clemson. Uh, If they can, so if they can, honestly, if they can just split these two and go three and four, I think that's a massive win. But I think that the way the schedule sets up, you've got a really, really good chance to win both of those. Um, You've got Florida state with a decent, a very good chance to win at Louisville this week. And then ESPN says that Florida state has a 45% chance to be Pittsburgh at home. So in Tallahassee, so that's essentially a coin flip too. You go two and zero in those, and flip your record to four and two. Man, you're you're going to win six games, right? There's four games left. You're you're going to find a way to win two more against teams that are not as good. NC State the week after Pitt just lost their starting quarterback, and they look terrible without him. Then you take your beating to Clemson, and you play two teams that you are much much better than. One win Virginia, and one win Duke. So I think we were at a point, right, you know, a week ago, two weeks ago, where we were like, man, can they find four wins to now? I'm not predicting they get to six or seven, but I think the schedule sets up. Some guys have gotten hurt on other teams. You get some bye weeks. They could get to five, six, seven wins. I'm not predicting it. I think my over-under right now is probably at five. You know, they're either going to get – I think five is like the perfect number of of where we get. We split over the next two, and we win – two out of the last three besides Clemson. But I think Florida State's put themselves in a good position against so a pretty easy schedule you, to, to get some more wins. Would you like to revise your guess, which I'm pretty sure, what did you say, seven games? You said you you would like eight, but you realistically thought seven. Is that what your prediction was for this year? Yeah, I think I took eight. I picked us to win every game minus Notre Dame, Miami, and Clemson. But then I said, I, we're going to lose yes. another game. I just don't Correct. know which one it is, right? Like right. I, Well, you, know, you didn't expect to... it to be Georgia Tech, but neither did I. Um, right. So do you think that seven is still, you know, realistic? No. Seven is running the table, and you're just like you beat a team you're not supposed to, you, most of the time you're going to lose to a team you're not supposed to lose to. Um, so seven is unrealistic. I think I would – Man, I'd have it at like five and a half. So it's either going to be five or six, in my opinion. You know, it's well, do we clearly we can you know, win a half a game. <laughs> my over under is five and a half. That's kind of how I get it. But yeah, like I think that um I think that I'd have it at I need to see what happens this weekend. If we if we win this weekend, a road underdog um against a team with a really good offense, right? Like you know. Louisville put up a lot of points on Miami. They put up a lot of points on Virginia Tech. Um, they the Notre Dame game this weekend was weird. It was like thirty mile an hour wins. So like that game it finished twelve to seven was like a like an like an Army Navy game at the end of the year and like five hundred you know degrees or negative five hundred degrees and 
snow and all that. There was no snow or anything, but the wind was crazy. So that's kind of a tough game to read. If they win this one, there are five games left. One's an auto loss, but I like them to go three and one in the other one. So I'll take six wins if they win this one. If they if they lose this one, they still get two weeks off to prepare for Pitt. And um, I think the last two games of the year, I think that Virginia and Duke game, I, I think those are two wins. Yeah. Um, Duke is really, really bad at, at one and five. Um, their one win this year um, came against Syracuse, who Liberty just beat the hell out of. So Syracuse is without a doubt the worst team in the ACC. I, I just don't think Duke is very good. And Virginia's one and three. Um, their their one win is uh, was against Duke, right? So just two bad teams fighting it out. So I really think that those two are wins for Florida State. So what are we at right now? We're at two wins. That's four. So yeah, if they win this weekend, I think they can get six. six. If they lose this weekend, I think it stays at five. I'm interested to see what happens between Notre Dame and Pittsburgh because that may – I mean, I know that there is no – you know, you can't really look at A and B to find out what's going to happen between B and C in college football. The transitive property is not really there. But I'm still – I think it's an interesting reference point. Yeah, no, I think that if – I think that if, um, I mean, again, it's 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 not the transitive property, but it is interesting to see. I, and that's okay. So I hate this all conference schedule because I love seeing like the interconference stuff. Obviously, I actually love, love this. State. Really, I I yeah. hate it. I hate it. Takes I, out some of the. It takes every out every week is exciting. I guess it depends on your conference, though. Well, but you just have a bunch of weeks. I mean, every week is exciting, but we also lost like three games, <laughs> you know, or two games a year, you know, like so. Yeah, I want those extra. I want Florida to get a cupcake game. I want Florida State to get another cupcake game. And then I want, you know, your your big rivalry games, right? Like Ohio State, Oregon was supposed to play. I miss the rivalry um, games, US, but I yeah, don't really care Florida, about Florida State. I don't need the padded um, schedule. It's also fun sometimes just to see the other games that are going to happen, right? Like I would have loved to see Florida State, West Virginia this year and, and just kind of know what that looks like. Probably yeah. not game one because it would have been losing to them instead of uh, Georgia Tech. But, right. um, but the one thing I do love – is getting to see these matchups in conference every single week because they all mean so much. Like you just said, Pitt Notre Dame usually wouldn't really care that much, but yeah, I want to see how Pitt looks before we play them. You know, I want to see again, not that it's oh, if they lose by four hundred, then we will certainly win or whatever. But yeah, I mean, I also like that they play a tough Notre Dame team uh, before they play us. Now they also have the buy; they get us coming off the buy too, so we both kind of get the same time to prepare. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. Um, I will say if, 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 and I know I'm not predicting this, if Florida state is able to um, run the table uh, minus the Clemson game and go seven and four, it will be like uh, Mike Norvell deserves coach of the year without a doubt from not being able to coach in the Miami game. I mean, making the yeah. court. All right. It, in the ACC, he deserves Coach of the Year. Okay, maybe in the ACC. We can talk about in the ACC, but I was going to say overall. Who deserves in the SEC? So um, far, who's the Coach of the Year in the SEC? Uh, who did they hire at Arkansas? I would say that's a – I mean, Arkansas was the worst team in the SEC last year, and Arkansas looks decent. But, I, I mean, honestly, and I know it's so hard. Like, you look at Ole Miss, and Ole Miss is so improved, but you're also looking at, what, a two and three – or one in three team. I mean, like, is that the record? I think I've got to pull up old miss. Um, but so it is really hard when you're playing in conference to look at the, the record and denote, you know, Oh my gosh, they're doing so well, but old miss is massively improved. Okay. Arkansas is massively improved. Um, they just both happen to be in the West where there's a lot of good football teams, but I don't know. I, I, I think, uh, the, the new coach at Arkansas is probably who I would put right now in all of college football. Yeah, I'd have to really think about all of college football. I mean, Fickle, maybe at Cincinnati, they're undefeated in like the top five or six, right? Like they're number six or seven. I mean, that's somebody that is kind of like a dark horse for it. Yeah, I mean, so far I could go with Arkansas, but Arkansas is probably going to lose like five of their next six games. And so it's going to be tough. When yeah. they finish at three and seven or four and six to to substantiate it, because Mississippi State's not good. Who they no, beat. but they're better than they um, were. 
Mississippi State's improved too. I mean, it's it is hard. It's hard to look at these teams and see one win or two wins and say, you know, they're better. But these these are teams that would have four wins if they started out with, you know, two cupcakes. They these are programs that are in moving in the right direction. Um for sure. So Arkansas sitting still- at two and two, but I mean, they gave Georgia a run for their money the first game. They beat Mississippi State. They should have beaten Auburn. They were screwed in that game. Yeah, they should be they should be three and one. And Although then they, my point is if if Arkansas goes three and if well, Arkansas so goes let's, I'm looking three at Arkansas schedule here. So they have uh, A&M, A&M which they'll probably lose. They have Tennessee. I think they could very it's well. A coin. It's a, it's a uh, coin then they point. have Florida. And honestly, I, you know, when Arkansas was added to the schedule, Florida fans were like, awesome, sweet. We got, you know, the easiest game we could have been added for the West. It does not look like that anymore. It looks like the LSU game may be an easier game than the Arkansas game. But after they play Florida, they play LSU. Then they play Missouri. I think they beat Missouri. And then, of course, they end with Alabama, which that's the schedule shift that, that, um, happened uh, this past week, which people have been joking that, and maybe not joking, but that Arkansas and Alabama is now the last game of the year because they think that they're the two best teams in the West. Maybe, but they're certainly not going to be playing for anything that we Oh, no, no. Know, oh, like, absolutely not. They're not I mean, going to be Alabama playing be for anything, but. And, and I don't, I mean, I, the Tennessee game's a coin flip. They're not beating Texas A&M. They're not beating Florida. They I mean, they could beat LSU. The Missouri game's a coin flip, and they lose to Bama. So it's like they could get to five wins. You know, if everything breaks yeah, right. But for if them, you watch this Arkansas five. team and you ever watched them before, this Arkansas team is it, so it much better. It definitely helps when the other team throws six interceptions in your game. <laughs> but I mean, think about it. that's a team. Which, that's, we're talking oh, about a, a a a team that played Bama close until late in the fourth quarter. Arkansas didn't play. No, oh, I'm talking Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Ole Miss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, wait a minute. This, this didn't happen. I didn't see no, this. No, 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 no. Ole Miss. I mean, Ole Miss gave Alabama everything they could handle, right? Played them better than I think anybody has so far this season. Not that that's necessarily saying a whole lot, but I mean, they played them. <laughs> they played them well. Right. So much to the fact that um, Saban questioned whether or not Lane Kiffin had his defensive signals, if that'll tell you how rattled Ole Miss got Alabama. And then Arkansas just beat the pants off them. So I think what you're finding in college football this week is what has always been the truth in the NFL is that you're never as good as you were last week and you're never as bad as you were last week. Yeah. Um, You know, which didn't isn't usually the case. Like usually just the best teams in college football are the best teams, right? Like, you know, but that is very, seems to very much be the case this year that you're never quite as good as you thought you were. um, And you're never quite as bad as you thought you were, you know? And so, um, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, there's a lot, a lot of really good games. Yeah. And then you're just amazing every week. Like that only counts for like, can we please talk about their numbers for a second last week? Their did you numbers. see? Did you see um, the halftime stats on that game? It was insanity. I th- I want to say, um, oh man, what was it like? Four hundred plus passing yards. I want to say twenty-two of twenty-seven and like five touchdowns. Something ridiculous. And it was halftime. They are a forty-five and a half point favorite against Syracuse. Um, as m- much as they're a favorite over Florida State. Um, ESPN gives Syracuse a 0.6 chance to win that game. Not 6%, 0.6% chance. Um, yeah, Trevor Lawrence has 1,500 yards, 15 touchdowns, one pick, um, and he's 108 for 148. He is, I mean, he is going, unless they lose a game or he gets hurt, I mean, he is going to run away with this Heisman, and it's and it's not close, um, especially because Fields only gets to play eight games. Um, the other people, you know, that's not true. Mac Jones could kind of stay in it. Um, if Bama just keeps winning by large margins, but I mean, I think it's, I think it's, I mean, that gets him an invite to New York, but it's probably virtual this year anyway. Um, not, I mean, doesn't get him any closer than that. That stinks. And that's dumb. And they should, they should at least invite the players. I, I'd made that up. Who knows if it'll be New York or not? I'm just guessing. No, I, but. I mean, you're probably right. I mean, it probably will be virtual, but I, it is stupid and they shouldn't invite them. 
they invite the three players and you're fine. Like everybody's yeah. they're traveling all over to different cities every week anyway, like playing football. So like, it's, is it that big of a deal to you know have them up there? But um, anyway, moving to uh, so yeah, Florida State wrapping that up and putting a bow on it uh, needs to win this weekend against Louisville. I mean, like I said, if, if if they can find a way to get to six and five or knock on wood seven and four, um, that will be fantastic. They will go on the recruiting trail and absolutely be able to sell that. Um, especially because then at that point, if we have bowl games, I mean, they're going to get another chance for an eighth win, you know, and and to go into a pandemic year where you started one and three and finish crazy as it may sound, eight and four. I mean, that's really good. Um, so we'll see, you know, I, I don't, not predicting that, but I would be thrilled with, you know, seven and seven and five, if they go six and five. In fact, that might even be the better scenario. Cause if you go seven and four, you're going to get a pretty decent bowl game and, and a bowl game. You may lose. It might be better for recruiting. If you go six and five and then get an easier bowl game and win it <laughs> and be able to sell that, um, you know, that seven and five record. I don't know. I, I think recruits aren't dumb and I don't think that the final record really matters. I think the improvement that Florida State's showing will will really help them if they can keep it up. You know, it can't just be a one game, a one game, one off. Um, Florida sitting on the sidelines for a second week in a row. Um, coming, I think that this. I mean, I want to hear your thoughts on it, but here's here's my take. I don't think that. I mean, I understand player safety. I understand the coach hasn't a bunch of player. I understand that. Um, I don't. Th- I think that this is going to turn out to not be a good thing for Florida, um, just in the sense, you know, the the one positive you can maybe take away is they had a bad loss at Texas A and M that they didn't expect to happen and and really shouldn't have happened, even with as poorly as the defense played, they really had sure. a chance at the end to go down and win it, but a bad loss, and so you get kind of a reset button. The problem is when you close the facility and can't practice or anything, you you're not gaining any advantage from that time off, you know, like you're you're sitting around stagnant. So I think that this is not a good thing for Florida. I think it would have been really, really good for Florida to play LSU last weekend without their, without LSU's quarterback, a defense that is as crazy as it sounds worse than Florida's get that win, get that confidence back up and go. I think that by Florida losing the two weeks, now you, I really expect Florida to, to kind of have their way with Missouri, but now you lose the bye before the Georgia game and Georgia still gets the bye. Uh, they look like much the better team anyway. And then you have to finish the year off playing LSU who gets a lot of time to either have their quarterback get healthy or have a new quarterback kind of learn the system and stuff like that. So like, I don't know. I'm not predicting that they would lose to Missouri or LSU no matter when those games happen. But I think this could not have come at a worse time for Florida. I still think the record ends up at eight and two. Uh, but I think losing the bye week before the cocktail party kind of hurts a little bit. Not getting LSU when they were supposed to get it coming back off of it. And the two weeks of, of not playing, you know, so you're going to play. Uh, man, I can't believe it's Halloween already. You're going to play Missouri next week after not having played for 20 days, you know. So we'll see. How, how What is your takeaway from, from all this so- time off? Um, okay. Multiple things. I think overall it's a negative for Florida, um, to have these two weeks off. I think, um, one, it makes me really uncomfortable that the bye week is now filled and the open spot at the end of the season is now filled because if something happens going forward with COVID Florida, I don't there, I don't know how that game could gets made up. I don't think it does. Um, these are basically your two gimmies, and I don't like that we're only a couple games into our schedule and essentially out of options um, mm-hmm. if something happens. That just stresses me out in, in general. Um, I really don't like losing the bye week before Georgia. I don't know how much of a difference it makes or not makes, but you've got to think that having two weeks to prepare for the best team that you're going to play in the regular season is is better than only having one week to prepare for them, especially when they have two to prepare for you. Um, I don't really like the idea of getting out of a rhythm. Um, when you kind of get into the mid season grind, you guys know what to expect. They do the same thing every day. It becomes a ritual. It just, it, it, there is something to be said for that routine. So I think that it's gotta be, um, weird, for them to all of a sudden not have that routine. I know that they're doing practices and meetings on zoom, but like, what does that really do? Um, 
I, I you've got to have a lot of discipline for anything that you're doing over Zoom to be effective. And if you're asking 18 to 22 year old guys to have that much discipline, that that scares me too. Um, the only positive that I can take from it is part of why these two games were rescheduled actually has nothing to do with COVID. Florida did have 21 positives between coaches and players. However, they had so many guys that were hurt that that number plus the number of players that were hurt took them actually under 50 scholarship players available, um, which is actually why these two games are rescheduled. So if Florida didn't have the injury numbers that they have, they could actually play these two games. That doesn't mean that they necessarily would have. I don't I don't really know what would have happened in that situation, but they had so many guys injured that that kind of is what pushed it over the edge. But I know that Mullen has said the last couple of weeks prior to this happening, hoping to get some guys back, hoping to get some guys back. So he doesn't ever say anything about injury reports, but at least to me, that sends the sk- signal that these are guys that are not like season ending injuries. These are maybe like a sprained ankle that we just, you know, aren't sure if we can go on kind of thing or, tw- uh, you know, a, a twisted knee, you know, things that, um, in any given week really could improve enough to step on the field. So I am hoping that when they, when the season starts back up again, we have, especially they're missing 10 defensive players to injury that saw snaps last year. Given how terrible the defense has played so far this season, I would say we missed some of those guys. And even if, even if they weren't huge impact players last year, at the very least, they give us different options for the people that were looking at right now who are not getting the job done. It at least gives you options of rotating these people in and seeing what they can do because they really can't be worse. So I do, the only thing I like about this is it gave those guys two weeks without, you know, any, without the games happening to get healthy. So hopefully we will see a lot of those. Interesting to note, I talked to a couple different people in the program that told me basically everyone is completely asymptomatic. Um, they said Mullen is asymptomatic. Um, which I find I, they said there's one or two guys that had very mild symptoms for like a day. And I find that really interesting because if this was just regular college students, right, they never would have been tested, would have had zero idea that they had it, which is almost a, a nod for college football being, you know, in session because we caught this and these people are not then spreading it all over campus. But if they were just your regular average students, they would be out living their lives. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know how much to give my COVID takes here or not, but I, I guess maybe it's a good thing that they are testing because then they spread it to other people, and even for it, can you spread it when you're racist? See, I don't even know. Like, I don't know. I don't know so, that they know. I think that um, it, I think that the rule of thumb it feels is like it goes back. Goes back I mean, and forth every week. You can do it. You can't. You can. The do college this, football locker room would would make it look like you could, right? Because if Florida had a couple guys positive the week before and then they yeah, had 21 the next week it would appear that yes you can spread it if you're asymptomatic i think the official uh cdc guidelines at the moment say that you can um but my point is essentially if this were the off season or if these guys didn't have a football season this year they wouldn't be any less susceptible to catching covid however they would have a hell of a lot more free time which means they would be out in the world way more um, and they would never would have been tested. You don't get tested if you don't have symptoms. You don't just wake up and be like, hey, you know what? Before I go to that party tonight, let me go check and see if I have COVID. That's not what yeah, college students are doing. Right. So this is actually, I, I think, a positive for college football being in session because we are at least catching some of these things. Yeah, absolutely. So um, Florida, Florida gets back on the field next week. Right Correct. against Missouri, which of course we have a which night game 730. on Halloween. Thanks 7:30. Yeah, we, we you got to trick or treat. I mean, what time are you guys trick or treat? Well, six, six, six we usually go like when it starts to get dark, so six ish, six ish or so. I'm going to take the babies to a couple houses, and then I'll probably have to come home and put them down. Um, and Eric will so have to watch continue the with the big girls, that? but yeah. yeah, we're being um, uh, a league of their own. I convinced my family. I'm so excited. Um, oh, that's hilarious. That's a good yeah. one. Um, we're Pretty doing excited. Rapunzel. Okay, um, very good. Elena's Rapunzel and 
Have you seen Have you seen the new movie, The Mandy Moore? Um, are you kidding? I'm you do realize sure. I have four daughters, right? Um, Two of which are older than your daughter. Yes. Um, Elena is Rapunzel, and Bryant is the baby lizard. Um, oh my so gosh, be, Pascal! Yeah, yeah, he has the whole outfit and everything. Like, we oh put it my on gosh! So, are you going to be Flynn Rider? I, we'll see. We'll see. I, um, I might get a T-shirt. I mean. I Come on, Dad. <laughs> Eric wore uh, one year. One year, each girl wanted to be a, a different Disney princess, and they wanted Eric to be a prince. And I couldn't find a prince costume that would fit him, so I went to Target, and they had Nutcracker pajamas that they just put out for Christmas. So I bought amazing. them, and then bought a plastic crown. And this man wore skin tight Nutcracker pajamas because I mean, it really did look like a prince costume because they, you know, the Nutcrackers dressed in a suit um, <laughs> all over our neighborhood. It was fabulous. Um, if you want to borrow those, they're here. I'm somewhere. trying to think. Yeah, I don't. I think I'm just going to wear like a Flynn Rider T-shirt. Like that's kind of how how that's going to go down, but we'll see. We'll see um, how crazy things get in this household. Probably, probably not that crazy. Um, Florida is still a big favorite in that game. I mean, I don't expect them to lose to Missouri. If they do, they've got bigger problems than, you know, a game getting moved um, back a week. Right. So I expect Florida to win that game comfortably. 7.30 is great, I think. I think that that's good for Florida, ultimately. I, I, do I don't too. think you necessarily want to play a noon game coming off of uh, – it's two game weeks, but it's a three-week layoff since you've played last. Um, so I think that's good for you. But I think they win that comfortably. They probably win that. It's, it may be close for a quarter or a half while UF's defense, you know, kind of tries to find his sea legs and wake back up. But I think the offense will be sharp and UF will end up kind of running away with it, you know, second, third, fourth quarter. And, and probably even get some backups in because Missouri is just not very good. Um, so Can we talk about the know, fact I, that I'm pretty sure Texas A&M is the root of all of this? You know, Vandy missed their game last week because of COVID. They played Texas A&M two weeks ago. Alabama had some positives, although Saban ended up being a false positive. But they played Texas A&M the week before Florida did. And then Florida had this massive outbreak. So – and. And Texas A&M has none. That just seems very um, convenient to me. I mean, if they were truly not reporting, they would get – I mean, I would wonder what the penalty for that would be. Like literally letting kids play without reporting that they had co- – I mean, I don't know. They, they might I don't know. Be, but I don't think there's anything that- – Well, I'm not, nec- I'm not saying that they know that they're positive and are letting them play, but they could be more lax on their testing than they're supposed to be. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I can ask Jimbo what what's going on over there, but um, don't 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 accuse these fighting Karen Key Largos of, of cheating out there in College Station. Um, so, staying in the SEC, Georgia Bama was a decent game for about a half. Um, yeah. and then it became not a decent. I game I mean, this anymore. is basically exactly what I thought was going to happen. In this game, uh, Georgia, I don't think Georgia's well coached enough to get over the hump. Honest to God, I don't. Um, yeah, I, I, I think that's it. I, I don't think. know. Yeah, I don't know how much of it had to do with coaching as opposed to just Alabama being better. I mean, yeah. I mean, well, I think Alabama's I better know. coached. I think that's why Alabama's better. You look at their rosters, there is not really a huge difference talent wise at all. I think that there is a difference coaching wise. There's a difference. I think that the most important position favors Alabama, and that's the quarterback Correct. by far. I think that Matt Jones is I think an, an you, accidental starter for Georgia. Like, you, uh, let's be clear. They, if, they tried to get rid of him once, right? He walked on you, and then transferred and then came back. If you flip Mac Jones and Stetson Bennett, the game's an absolute coin flip, without a doubt, in my mind. Um, and so Saban is obviously much better than Kirby. Um, I, I think that what um, Georgia struggled with was having to throw the ball. Georgia's strength is running the ball. And so nobody runs on Alabama. We said this this week. Nobody runs on Alabama. Their strength is has always been run defense. If you're going to beat them, you're going to beat them with guys like Chad Kelly that throws for six touchdowns. You're going to beat them with Manziel who throws like crazy. You're going to beat them. Uh, Oklahoma ended up beating them. You know, when when they were down. So 
you're not beating Alabama running the ball. Uh, and that's what Georgia wants to do. And that's what Georgia's going to do every game for the rest of the year. They are going to run on Florida. They are going to run on Kentucky. They are going to run on all these other teams that they play, but that's just not an option against Alabama. And so when they couldn't do that, they had to put the ball in Bennett's hands. He had three interceptions. I mean, the difference in the game was Bennett threw for 270, two touchdowns and three picks, and Jones threw for 417, four touchdowns and one pick. You know, And so the quarterback play was just – yeah, just so much better by them. So, yeah, I mean, it was close. And then second half, you know, a couple of turnovers and and and, uh, and Georgia pulled away – or I'm sorry, Bama pulled away. With – I mean, it was a 10-point – or it was a three-point game with a minute to go in the third quarter. So with 16 minutes to go, it was a three-point game, right? And, and if things – you know, so it ends up being a little bit bigger of a of a score, forty one to twenty four. But I mean, like I said, with, with basically a quarter to go, it's anyone's game. And um, so yeah, I mean, Bama is just the class of the SEC once again. Everybody thought that this might be the year that Bama was down. Uh, it doesn't look like it. Their schedule seems like it'll be kind of a cakewalk the rest of the way. They play at Tennessee this week. That's a win. They play Mississippi State. That's a win. They play at LSU. Who's down? That's a win. They play Kentucky. That's a win. They play at Arkansas, and though they're improved, that's a win for Bama. And then they LSU get and Auburn. Arkansas are the two hardest games on their schedule. If that tells you anything, yeah. Then they get Auburn, who's down as well. So Bama is going to, and to be fair to Bama, they played the best offense on that side of the uh, yeah. in the West in Ole Miss and yep. outscored them, and they played, they played the best offense in the East. They played a Texas A&M team who is, again, right outside of the top 10, has won all their games, including a top five win over Florida, and beat the hell out of them. And now they've beaten Georgia, too. So, I mean, Bama's been impressive, for sure. And they're going to they're gonna go 10-0, and it's going to be probably Clemson-Bama again for the title, which would be great. I have no problem with that at all. I think it'll be fun to watch. Give me the best two teams. Um, I do think it'll be interesting to see whether or not we get a uh, Bama UGA rematch and how that goes down mm-hmm. or a Bama Florida game and see how that goes down. I'm not predicting that Florida is going to be there. I still think Georgia beats them um, at this point so, be- because Florida lost um, the A&M game. They would now need Georgia to lose two more SEC games. So their path to getting to the to Atlanta is only beating Georgia. Like Georgia Correct. may lose Florida to Florida, in, but they're not gonna the, they're not gonna beat Florida and then lose two other SEC games. They may drop right. one more, but they're not gonna drop two more. Correct. Yes. Florida so so both teams control their own destiny at this point, right? Mm-hmm. But there really isn't a path for Florida without beating Georgia. Um and, and I mean I guess vice versa, right? There's not really a path for Georgia without beating Florida. Um but I will tell yeah, you, I don't I, think so. I think Florida's schedule is a little bit tougher down the stretch. Um, yeah, but I do I too. But I'm just saying, there's I not, a, there's not really a way for either think, team to go there without winning against the other. It, it would right. be difficult. I think it would be very difficult. It would be very difficult for both. I think a little harder for Florida, but and still I, not so happening either way. I don't. I am not in any way saying if Florida and Alabama played that Florida would beat Alabama. However, I do think that Florida matches up with Alabama a little bit better than Georgia because the offense is a, is basically the opposite, right? Florida has a running game, but that's not what they rely on to get points on the board. Um, obviously, Georgia has a lot better defense than Florida has, and Alabama didn't have any issue scoring on them. So that's a whole other, uh, you know ball of wax, but I, I think, uh, Florida would have an easier time putting points on Alabama than Georgia had putting points up against Alabama. Yes, I, uh, yes, I agree with that in, in theory. So Georgia hit what 24, I like Florida to maybe put up 28, 31. So like, I don't like them to go like 35 on Alabama. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll see. I think that, I mean, they got to get there um, first, so we may not see, but. I think that Georgia's defense is much better than Florida's. Sure, and, it is. And, you know, what I will say about that game is they did give up 41 
but they also turned the ball over four times, you know, and so I'm sorry, three times. And so some of Alabama's drives got to be a whole lot easier um, because of turnovers, right? Like they had one drive where they only had to go like half the field. They had another drive where, you know, they only had to go 40 yards. So anyway, I think that if not for Georgia's offense being so bad, the game probably ends up being like a 24 to 31 Alabama win. Um, so yeah, I like, I like Florida's offense to score a little bit more than Georgia's deep uh, offense did on Bama, but I also like Bama's offense to, I mean, shoot, they make over 56 on, on Florida's defense. That would kind of be the, I think that Florida's offense would look better, but I don't know if they'd ever stop Bama, you know, like that's just, you you have to just pray that. Dan Mullen is going to call up up Lane and ask him for some pointers there. Yeah, some signals or something. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That would be a tough one. Um, Return of the Big Ten, do you care at all? Um, Yeah, just because it's more games to watch, not because I actually really care about the conference. So I will tell you, the the game that I care about the most – is the Michigan Minnesota game? I've got a yeah. buddy. Oh, it's That's my buddy. The Matt. only Big Ten game this week, right? Isn't that, isn't no, that the no, first a, one of them? Everybody else. There's opens? a few. Are there? No, there's a few. That's just the only one that's like two ranked teams. Like Penn State plays Indiana. Okay. I think they all play. I think they all play. No, I don't no, know why. I was saying, oh, you're right. Nebraska. Friday, Friday night, Illinois, Wisconsin mm-hmm. play. I'll give me a don't Friday night game. I'll take it. Uh, World Series, me. I'm watching the World Series. Oh yeah, I guess I will be watching. <laughs> um, I mean, shoot, I might be watching the World Series on Saturday night too. We'll we'll see what our what our record in the World Series is at that point. Um, when do we play? It's like Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, if it's if we're up three zero, I'm definitely watching the World Series. If it, you know, I'll be flipping back and forth if it's not a chance to win it. Um, I very much am intrigued to see this Michigan Minnesota game. 18 yeah. versus 21. Michigan's a three and a half point favorite. My buddy Matt that uh, owns Bay Cannon that we've been at a couple of times. Uh-huh, yeah. He's a he's he's from up there. So well originally from here, but lived up there in Minnesota for years. And I'm a big PJ Fleck fan. And so I'd love to see them pull the upset. Also like watching Harbaugh lose. So that would be a, a fun one. Yeah, I mean, there aren't a lot of Big Ten games that I'm looking at, like, oh, I gotta watch that. Like Ohio State plays at noon, but I mean, so does Florida State. So I'm like, I'm not gonna watch that over us and then so does, you know yeah this 7 30 game i will probably bounce around between the rays michigan minnesota virginia miami cincinnati smu is a nine o'clock game i love that because we get to watch the end of that late. Else yes. on. yeah cincinnati's nine smu 16 i have so missed pack 10 fun. after dark not because i actually care at all or pack 12 after dark about the Pac-12, but because it's really nice to have a game on as I fall asleep. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, so that'll be a good one starting at 9 o'clock. And then Liberty um, plays at 1 o'clock as well, so that's why I don't care about the Big Ten dinners because Liberty's going to be uh, one of the first teams. In the- there are only three teams with a chance to get I to 6 saw this that. Week. You saw it. Yeah, Clemson, best team in the country. Um, SMU, who plays – uh, against Cincinnati, they can get to six and zero, and Liberty, who um, should beat Southern Miss this week. So, we'll as see uh, Urban Meyer would say, the best thing about being five and zero is chance to go six and zero. That's right. Liberty's going to finish. Okay, so this is not a, a Liberty thing at all, but here's their little plug: Liberty is going to finish like seven and two or something. Like it's going to be good. They play Southern Miss uh, this week. That's a win. So they'll be six. No, they play at Virginia Tech next week. I think that's a loss. Um, so six and one, they play West Carolina the week after that. That's a win. That's seven and one. Then they play NC state who again, NC state will have just played FSU and uh, they're also without their starting quarterback. I think Liberty could win that game. I'm not predicting it just yet, but I think they could. So you're either looking at seven and two or eight and one. And then they finish off with coastal Carolina, which when both teams were in the Big South, that was a huge rivalry. It was the 
it was the Florida, Florida State or whatever. Like it was huge, huge, huge. Best two teams in the Big South. When I was up at Liberty, uh, Coastal Carolina is ranked 25th right now. They're 4-0 as well. Um, so that game is a total coin flip. But Liberty could legitimately finish like 8-1, uh, and or 9-1, 7-2, somewhere in there, which would be fantastic. They'll just don't match them up against Florida State in a bowl, and we're good to go. Um, I actually kind of hope that happens because your world implodes. I hope they play you guys. Okay. I mean, they're not going to, they're not going to stop you once, but I'm not sure that you guys stop them either. So we'll see. Um, but, um, what else do we have? Um, oh, picks and then we can get out of here unless you Yeah. Hey, UCF lost too. Massive. Um, you missed that on your picks, but I know that you were happy to miss that. Maybe you picked them like with a ro- maybe you picked them with a reverse jinx, like there knowing that they, knowing that if you pick them, there's a good chance that. Never mind, we'll say. Uh, we tied last week. We both went four and four, four seven. Um, Miami and Pitt. Pitt, man, Pitt really blew the cash there. Like they, I don't know if you watched that game, but they had a chance like Not. every drive to go score, and they just like blew it. Like every like. They got inside. They had first and goal like three times, came away with three field goals. Um, you know, really just had a shot. Their starting quarterback was out, and if he'd have been playing or made the trip, like they would have won the game. They, you, they really struggled. Miami did not look great, but they did end up covering the spread. You hit that one. We both got Liberty over Syracuse. That ended up being a blowout. Um, we both got uh, South Carolina over Auburn. Um we both missed the Notre Dame Louisville game. Again, that's the weird one that had like 25, 30 mile an hour wins. Such a weird game. We both took UF. That game got canceled. Win. Uh, I, I think got we Mem- counted as a win. Well, I'm not doing it because they didn't cover the spread. If we were to take an LSU, we could count as a win. <laughs> LSU did not lose by 13 and a half. Um, you took UCF. I took Memphis. I got that one. I took the Knowles. You took UNC. So I hit that one. And you got Saban, and I missed that one. So we both went four for seven for the season. I'm creeping up to 500. I need to win two more than I lose next week, and I'll do it. Um, I'm 18 for 38, or 18 and 20. You are 14 of 38, so 14 and 24. So you got some work to do. Yeah. Um, This week, let's roll into them. Uh, UNC, I've already written mine down, so you can go first on on all of them, but I'm not going to change any of mine. UNC minus 16 and a half against North Carolina State. I take UNC. I like UNC as well. I think they bounce back. I think they're better than what we saw on um, Saturday, and NC State's quarterback is out. Oklahoma State minus three and a half against Iowa State, the only ranked matchup in the Big 12 this week. I know zero about this matchup at all. I'll take Iowa State. What the hell? Very good. I took Oklahoma State, so I was hoping we would have different answers on at least some. Notre Dame minus ten and a half at Pittsburgh. Um, this is hard. Um, Notre Dame. Notre Dame screwed me the last two times. I know that's the like. I'm taking Pittsburgh. Screw it. I took Notre Dame to cover. I think they're better than. Oh, uh, Pittsburgh. They have to be better than last week. For sure. Um, Bama versus Tennessee. Bama's a 21 and a half point favorite. I take that all day long. I like Bama as well. I, I hate that half point double. there. Ooh, I wouldn't do that, but <laughs> I will take 21 and a half. Uh, Michigan minus three and a half at Minnesota. Mm, let's take Minnesota. I did the same. Uh, UVA is an 11 and a half point underdog at Miami. I would like to say that I think Miami wins this, but I am picking UVA just out of spite. Okay. Well, I'll pick Miami. And the game of the week, Florida state is a five and a half point underdog. So Louisville, I will take the We've Really low standards on this show. You will take what? <laughs> I'll take FSU. We have I'll low standards. FSU I mean, look who, well. look who you're hosting it with. Of course hey, we do. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, cool. So we'll recap it next week. Hopefully we'll do a little bit. We went over 500 this week. Like that's fine. 55% is what the best gamblers in Vegas do. And four of seven is like 60%, isn't it? 58 or something. So I used to know these. Uh, four divided by seven is, I don't know, 
57%. So yeah, we did good last week. Um, all right. Other than that, that's all I have for this week. Hopefully the Knowles will continue to win, um, continue to look good, continue to show improvement. Hopefully Jordan Travis is healthy. And um, next week we'll get to talk about Halloween more and the Gators being back, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully so, uh, as long as this hasn't – although I guess if they haven't been around each other, I can't imagine how it would continue to spread, right? So hopefully they've gotten that kind of under control. I haven't really heard an announcement. Usually they have a Tuesday afternoon presser. So hopefully we'll hear something soon on that. But uh, I'm ready for my Gators to be back. Let's do this. Let's do it. All right, cool. We'll have a good weekend and we'll talk soon.